Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast, where we exist to make Jesus famous. We hope this message is life-giving, encouraging, and challenges you in your walk with Christ. Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast, where we exist to make Jesus famous. We hope this message is life-giving, encouraging, and challenges you in your walk with Christ. So what I want to talk to you about today is just seeing the generosity that happens. And I want to talk to you as we're in our series. It's the most wonderful time of the year to be generous, to be generous. And um, when I talk about this, generosity is something I don't talk a lot about. I don't talk a lot about money. So if this is your first time here, you just picked a really great Sunday to hear about money. Because here's why I say that. Money is something that affects every single one of us in this place, Right? But so much has been taught wrong in churches and handled wrong about money in churches that it makes a lot of us kind of like, mm, I, I'm not, not sure. So, so here's what I'm going to invite you to. I'm going to invite you to, to just relax. Offering buckets have been passed. Right? We're not going to call the ushers back. Hey, let's run this again. Um, nothing like that. But just hear about a topic that, that really affects you and me. One of my favorite movies at this time is A Christmas Story, and the favorite character is Scrooge, right? Uh, especially Scrooge McDuck. If you've ever seen the Mickey Mouse one, that's the best one, because it's 20 minutes long, right? You get the whole story in 20 minutes, like, yes. Um, somebody of you are like, why can't you preach that way, Justin? But I'm trying. So, so we get, you know, you, you see this man or this duck, if you would say, um, be really greedy and really stingy, but something happens, right? There's a change that happens, and all of a sudden at the end of his life, he becomes this generous person. And we're all like, oh, it's a great story. It's this, it's that, it's wonderful. And we love it. And we love seeing the transformation that happens in Scrooge. And here's what I know about every single one of us here and watching online. All of us want to be generous. There's not one person in here sitting here today that doesn't want to be a generous person. However, many of us struggle being generous. It's just the way it is. We, we want to be generous, but we struggle to be that way. And let me define generosity as we go forward in this message. Generosity means this, showing a readiness to give more of something as money or time then is strictly necessary or expected, especially that last part, expected. Showing a readiness to give more of something, such as time or money, than is strictly necessary or expected. So, so here's what happens. We get in and we start talking about generosity. We start talking about finances. We start talking about being a generous person. Some of us go like this and we get skeptical and we get, mm, I'm, I'm not sure about this, I'm not sure about that. And, and here's the problem, is that if we are not being generous, we're being something else. It's, it's an either or thing. And so the, the reality is if you and I aren't being a generous person, then the, the, the opposite of that is we are being a greedy and selfish person. 
Well, don't say that I'm being greedy and selfish, right? That's like being mean. Like, why are you being mean, Justin? Why are you taking the gloves off and calling me names this morning? Like, I don't, but, but here it is. You're either one or the other, right? And Jesus knew this. And Jesus knew that we would struggle in this area of our life and that we would struggle with greed and we would struggle with being selfish. And here's what he says in Luke chapter 12, verse 15. Then he said, Jesus, the big J, right? He says, beware. Like, he's like, hey, pay attention. Catch up, like, like, if you've been tuning out and zoning out, hear me, watch out, beware, guard against every kind of greed. Life is not measured by how much you own. Life's not measured. You're not a success based on what you drive or what you live in. And you're not a failure best based on what you drive and what you live in. But as a culture, that's what we want to define as success and not success. And Jesus is saying this, no, 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 no. Don't, don't, don't be fooled. Watch out. Beware against every kind of greed. So there are several different kinds of greed, right? Because life's not measured by what you own. It's not measured by your bank account. It's not measured by the car you drive and the house that you live in. And Jesus knew something that a little bit of greed goes a long, long way. When I was in mid-high, um, you had athletics before school, and you, you could shower after your athletics, but only the weird kids showered because it was prison-style showers, right? Like, it was just open showers, and so you're like, no, I, I'm not doing that, but there was always that one weird kid shower, and you're like, you're going to be an exhibitionist the rest of your life, so... Um, we would, uh, we would instead, I'm going to go a little old school, how many of you remember Brute, right? English leather or chaps, chaps cologne, right? And so all you did was you get right guard sport and you sprayed a bunch of deodorant on and then you masked your BO with chaps cologne, right? And, and, and what happened was this putrid smell of BO and chaps meeting one another and that's what every mid-high or junior high smelled like growing up when I was a kid. Now it has changed to Axe body spray, right? If you go to a local mid-high, there is a putrid stank that is happening at every mid-high. And here's what happens. Guys go into athletics, and they go, and instead of taking a shower, they just spray some of that on, right? And they give you some over here. Like, that's, that's what I'm going to do. And, and here's the problem. They will, it's not that they do that. They do this, and they just <laughs> walk in it and spray it. And here's the deal. <laughs> a little bit of this. It's getting ready to hit you, I promise. A little bit of this goes a long ways. Like it stanks right now up here. It's See, it's coming. Like the, this is why you sit in the back. I understand. I get it, right? Like, all you watching online, scratch your television screen, and I promise you'll be able to smell it, right? Like, it's, and here's, here's the deal. Greed is just like Axe body spray. It is. It stinks. <laughs> and a little bit of greed goes a really long way when it comes to your life. <laughs> it makes you choke sometimes. <laughs> And how do you and I not allow greed 
right? How do we not allow greed to come into our life? How, how do we become this generous person? Because the reality is this, is that it's something that you and I have to strive to become. So, so here's what I want to do. We're going to hit this in three different ways real quick. And we're, I'm sorry you're coughing today, but you understand. Like that's the stench of greed that you are smelling right now. It's not Axe body spray. You're like, this stinks so bad. That's what greed smells like to God. So how do you and I... <laughs> Learn, how do, we, how do we become a generous person? The first thing I want you to know is this, is that generosity is learned. Generosity is learned. You're not born a generous person. No, no, no. In fact, you and I are born the exact opposite. We are born very selfish and greedy. If you don't believe me, go down to our little kids area right now. They're selfish, greedy little suckers, right? They get one good toy and they don't want to share it. Mine, 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 right? That's not yours, it's a church. Bam, like hit him in the face. <laughs> That's why I don't get to work in the kids' area. You aren't born generous. You're not, you're not born a, having a generous nature. This is something you learn to become. And the question is, are you willing to learn to become a generous person? Are you willing to, become, to learn how to become a generous person? In fact, Paul said this in 1 Timothy chapter 6. He says this, teach those who are rich in this world. Teach them. Teach those who are rich. So, so here's a good news for everybody here and watching online. You're the richest of the world. Right? Like, yeah. Like, if you don't feel good about yourself, you should feel good. You are in the top 10% of the world's wealthiest people. Sitting right here. If not, just, if you don't believe me, go do the wealth calculator, the world's wealthiest calculator, wealthiest calculator, the world's wealth calculator, and see where you measure up. And it will shock you. And, and, and the Bible says this, teach those, teach you, those who are rich in the world, not to be proud and not to trust their money, which is so unreliable. Their trust should be in God, who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. So here's what I want you to know. Let's stop for just a second. Money's not bad. Yes, money's a great tool and it's a great thing. This is not a message about if you have a nice car or you have a nice house, you're a selfish, greedy jerk. That's not it. That if you uh, have a nice car and you've got a bank account and you've got retirement that you smell like box, uh, Axe body spray, that's not this message, right? It's there for your enjoyment. But he says this, tell them, don't just enjoy it, but tell them to use their money to do good. Right? That, that's a huge part. There's a huge trend. They should be rich in good works and generous to those in need. Always being ready to share with others. By doing this, they'll be storing up treasures as a good foundation for the future so that they may experience true life. So two things I want to give you about money and generosity. First thing is this. If you're going to learn how to be generous, you've got to give it. Don't grip it. Give it. Don't Grip it. When we get money, right, here's what we want to do. Mine. Right? And there's a lot of us, this is how we operate when it comes to our stuff. Adam just gave me this dollar bill. He's like, you just crinkled my dollar bill, right? Like, we, we want to go around with our bank accounts, with all the stuff that we've been blessed with, all the stuff that we've been given. And this is how our life functions rather than this. So you can't give like this. You only give when you lose your grip and you learn to give it. 
And Ecclesiastes says this. Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verse 10 says, those who love money will never have enough. It's so good. How meaningless to think that wealth brings true happiness. Some of the most miserable people I know are the wealthiest people I know. It's true. Those who love money will never, if you're operating this way, you're never going to lose your grip. You're never going to become a generous person. Right? Because you've fallen in love with the wrong thing. And you think this is going to complete you. And if you are going to be a generous person, you've got to learn to release it, to give it. Because as long as you are functioning in, as a mind, 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 you're never going to understand. Your hands are never going to open. In fact, can I just tell you, it's not yours and it's not mine. James says this, that every good and perfect gift comes from above. That means your ability to hold a job, to work a job, to have the mental capacity to do a job doesn't come from your ability. It comes from him, right? And so everything belongs to him. So why are we doing this? Instead of this, in fact, one of my favorite quotes, Jim Elliott says this, he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to, to gain what he cannot lose. Right? He's no fool who gives what he can't keep, you can't keep it anyways, to gain what he cannot lose. And when you and I understand that our life is meant to function like this instead of this, it changes everything. Because as I read the Bible, the goal isn't to see how much I can make and how much I can keep. Right? It's not. Go read the whole Bible. It's not about how much I can make and keep. It's about how much can I give away. That's what Jesus is saying. So, so hear me. Today we're not even talking about tithing. Right? Tithing's just the starting point. It's not the finish line. That's not being generous. That's being obedient. Right? And, and as generous as you guys are and as amazing as you guys are, hear me. Probably only 10% of Foundation Church is tithing. Can, can you imagine? Hold on. Like, 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 let's not get sad and upset. Can you imagine if even 50% of our church tithe, we'd change the world. We'd, we'd change the world, man. Much less learning to be generous. And the only way we learn to become generous is when we learn to give it, not to close it and keep it. The second thing is this. Learn to be generous where you are now. Not where you want to be. Not where you long to be. But learn to be generous where you are now. Here's the biggest thing I hear. Well, I'd be generous too if I had what they had. No, you wouldn't. No, you wouldn't. I tell you, the bigger that, the more zeros that follow that check, the harder it is to write. Some of you are like, I don't believe that. Believe it. When you're writing a check for $15 instead of $15,000, there's a lot more you can do for $15,000, right? Like you can go on a nice vacation. Some of you are like, vacation? I'm talking a nice vacation, right? Like, like Oprah Winfrey style vacation for $15,000, like 15, and, and we want to say, well, I would be generous if I had what they had to, but hear me, if you're not generous with what you have, you won't be generous when you have, right? If you're not generous with what you have, you won't be generous when you have, and understand this, generosity, it's not about an amount, it's about a spirit, do you have a generous spirit? Proverbs 11, verse 24 through 25. Give freely and become more wealthy. Be stingy and lose everything. 
The generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. Now I want to stop here, and if you can leave this verse up there, Carla, this would be great for just a second. This verse has been misconstrued, mispreached so many times, right? Here's what pastors want to say. Well, if you give, you're going to get, right? This is a prosperity-type gospel. Uh, all of a sudden, God owes you, and, and here's what happens. But, but hear me. You don't give to get. You give to give. You give just because he's called you to give. But here's what does happen. There's also a cause and effect. When God understands, the more I could trust you, the more I'm going to enable to you, the more I'm going to entrust you with. It's just how it works. And we can say, oh, you're preaching prosperity gospel. No, I'm just preaching the truth and the word. Right? There's a big difference. And there's got to be balance to this too. Like God's not your genie all of a sudden that comes out of a bottle if you rub it the right way, according to Christina Aguilera, right? Like, no. <laughs> It's not how it works. Even though that's really great theology, that's not how it works. Right? But, but here's what we want to happen. We want it to work the opposite way. Well, when I prosper, I'll be generous. No, 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 no. Learn to be generous with where, where you are now. If you're going to learn to be generous, you have to learn to give it, not grip it. And you have to learn to be generous with where you are now. Second thing is this, generosity is a lifestyle you and I practice. Generosity is a lifestyle you and I practice. Don't be generous on occasion, right? But look for occasions to be consistently generous. Don't be generous just at Christmas time, but look for occasions to be consistently generous. Here's my goal. I don't want to be generous every once in a while that it shocks others. I want to be generous on the regular that it inspires others. There's a big difference. Like, I don't want to just be generous where they're like, oh, wow, Justin's paying for my meal. That never happens, right? Like, no. I want to be generous on a regular basis where my kids and my friends and people that know me are like, man, I want, I want to be like that. Like, like, I want to become like that. Because we all want to be gen <coughs> generous. Man, that Axe body spray is killing me up here. <laughs> the, the, we all want to be generous, right? We all want to inspire. We all like being around generous people. Like, I love going out with people that we're fighting over the check instead of kind of looking at each other like, are you getting it or am I getting it or what's happening? You know, like, we love being around generous people. We're like... When a guy, a, a guy or a gal is generous, you're like, man, they're, they're just awesome. Like, they just give stuff away all the time. Like, they're incredibly generous, just amazing. We love being around people like that. And yet we struggle to be that type of person. And it's not enough to be it every once in a while. We're called to be that consistently. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 says this. Remember this. A farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop. But the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must each decide in your heart how much to give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to, pre pre to pressure. So, so hear me. Generosity never functions out of guilt. Right? Hear that. Generosity never functions out of guilt or pressure. God doesn't want you to be a guilty giver, for God loves a person who gives cheerfully, and God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need 
and plenty left over to share with others. And that's where we start failing, right? We have plenty for all that we need. Not necessarily all we want, but all we need. But the problem is we fail to share with others. The scriptures say, they share freely and give generously to the poor. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. For God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat it. In the same way, he will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. Yes, you will be enriched in every way so that you can, everybody say always, always be generous, right? He's, he's blessing you so that you can be generous towards others and not every once in a while consistently. And when we take your gifts to those who need them, Right, We just saw this play out this past week. They will thank God. Your generosity makes an impact, man. So two good things will result from this ministry of giving, this ministry of generosity. The needs of believers in Jerusalem will be met, and they will joyfully express their thanks to God. As a result of your ministry, they will give glory to God for your generosity to them. And to all believers will prove that you are obedient to the good news of Christ. Man, generosity, when you see the impact of generosity, you want to do it on a consistent basis. Because here's the crazy thing about generosity. It doesn't just make an impact in others, it impacts you just as much. Man, it makes a huge impact in you. While we were in Kenya, and we were building these playgrounds, and I would just be real honest, like, if Jeff and Hunter Wagner wouldn't have gone with us, those playgrounds wouldn't have been up, right? Like, it's just not going to happen. So I am very thankful that Jeff and Hunter brought their talents to, like, South Beach, right? Like, LeBron James, like, I'm taking my talents to South Beach. They take it to the Maasai Mara, right? And so these guys know what they're doing, and most of the time, I'm just playing soccer or neutralizing people. Like, I messed everybody up, got them distracted. They called me the neutralizer all trip, because that's what I do, right? Like, hey, look at that pretty dog. Um, so... Um, we got this whole thing built, and we went to uh, one of the places we were staying, and one of the workers there, she's like, what are you guys doing here? And I said, well, we're actually here, and we're building playgrounds at churches we've started. And she's like, how many churches have you started? I'm like, we've actually started, we're in the process of building our 26th church in three and a half years. And she's like, what? And she goes, what else? And I'm like, we're building schools, and we've, we've done water wells, and we just came and did our third and fourth playground. And I showed her videos, and man, when I started showing her the videos, this person from Kenya started tearing up. And like, it totally shocked her. And she said this phrase to me that I will never forget. She goes, this is so wonderful for the children. People never do this. People only come to take, but never to give. People only come to take, but never to give. Can I tell you, generosity stands out. Man, in, in, a, in, a, in a place and in a time that we're in where it's all about me, 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 and what can I get and what can I get, when you start deciding to live a different way and you learn how to be generous, it stands out because it makes an impact on people that you're not even giving to, but they're seeing your good works, right? And as the Bible says, and it's glorifying your heavenly Father. It makes a huge, huge impact. Uh, about a month ago, we have a lady that comes to church that I'm not gonna embarrass, I'm not gonna tell you her name, um, but is a victim of domestic abuse. She's got four boys. She's on 
a, a place where she's had a protective order against her ex-husband. Um, she's trying to just be down low and uh, just recover. And she's working outside jobs to be able to provide for her boys. And she's got this uh, apartment that she's living in, this condo. But she can't, she can't like, like, like get things for it. I'm losing my word here, but she can't, she can't just put in a fridge and she doesn't have the money to put in a gas range stove. In fact, her fridge was like one of those small college refrigerators that you saw. And one of our people, Sierra Forrest said, Hey, we've got this person that we have a need. And I saw it on Facebook and I called Sierra and I'm like, Hey, Sierra, take it down. Foundation church is going to take care of that. Right. And so we took this mom and her kid and we bought her a brand new refrigerator and we bought her a bed and a mattress and we bought her a gas range stove. And one of our church members had a washer and dryer and we put a brand new washer and dryer in her house, you know, and, and, and all these things started happening and we got to be the church that she needs the church to be. Well, Justin, why don't you do this for everyone? We can't do it for everyone, but we want to do for one what we could wish we could do for all, right? And we got to make a difference to where she's not taking her babies to a laundromat to do laundry and she can kind of try to hopefully keep her head above water and have a new life and do the best that she can do with all that she is doing. Can I tell you, when you see the difference your generosity makes, when you see how it stands out, you're not just generous every once in a while, but you're generous on a consistent matter and a consistent basis because it makes a difference in others and it makes a difference in you and Foundations Church. When you see what being generous does for others and for you, Hear me, it's our third point. Generosity spreads into all aspects of your life. It has this spreading effect, right? Just like Axe body spray stinks and greed stinks, generosity is the cure to, to greed and into selfishness. If you have a small kid or you've ever had a small kid, when you put syrup on a pancake and you put a tiny amount of syrup, Especially if you have girls. I tell you, it goes everywhere. It goes everywhere. This just in. Also, waffles are better than pancakes. Fight me all day on it. I will fight you. It's got little pockets for your serve to go. It's outstanding. It's amazing. The only thing that I will yield to is Cracker Barrel pancakes are legit and are really good. That crunchy edge, come on, somebody, right? But when you put a little bit of syrup on those pancakes. I mean, you just put it, this happened to Chloe all the time. We put this tiny amount of syrup on her pancakes and it's everywhere. Like how, how, how is it in your hair? Right? I can understand the table, but how did it go? You're not even tall enough to reach the cabinets. How is there syrup on the cabinets? It's in your hair. It's on our dog. I'm like, I, I don't like what happen. It gets all over the place. It spreads, right? Can I tell you, generosity is a serve to your soul. It spreads, man. You're not just generous to your, with your finances. Can I tell you, generosity isn't just about money. It's about your time. It's about your talents. Like, are you generous with your time and your talents? Because some of us, we're more willing to be generous with our money than our time. Because time's money, and money is time, right? Time's the most valuable resource you have. And are you being generous with what God has given you and entrusted you with? We love the effects of generosity, but we find it so many times. We love the effects of, of what we see, but there's this struggle that happens. And, and Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. 
It says, no one can serve two masters. For you'll hate one and love the other, or you'll be voted, devoted to one and despise the other. You can't serve God and be enslaved to money. Right? Either he's the savior of all of your life, or he's just the savior of part. And from what I read in the Bible, it's an all or nothing gig. I know that's not popular preaching. I know that's not popular speaking. But if you're only following Jesus with part of your life, he has yet to be the savior of all of your life. That's really good. That's really hard. But it's really true. If he's, not, if he's just Savior of some of your life, he has yet to be Savior of all of your life. And man, there's this huge just responsibility we have when we become followers of him. And generosity, it just doesn't bleed into one aspect of our life. It bleeds into all aspects of our life. In fact, one of the biggest blessings that happened um, to me and to Casey happened right before we left for Kenya. Um, before we left for Kenya, Casey got a really bad case of vertigo. Um, and I kept singing the U2 song, Vertigo. Vertigo, let go, you know. Um, have you ever heard that song? I don't know the words. I just know it says, Vertigo. That's all I kept saying. I was just like, Vertigo, every time to her. And she's like, stop, you're not helping. I'm like, I know, right? But here's the problem. You need to pray for my wife. There's a lot of problems. But here's the problem of that specific situation is that it happened, we're in a building campaign, right? We're building a brand new church, 71st, 129th. Totally pumped, totally excited. We'll give you an update about that next week. So um, that's happening, but I'm leaving for Kenya. We, we've got some new hires here at the church that we're trying to meet with and train. And then we got family coming in for Thanksgiving. And, and I don't have time to be, like literally it wasn't one of those things I was trying to get out of helping clean the house. I wasn't at the house to help clean up, right? Like there was nothing. And a couple from the church, some of our good friends said, you know what, we want to come clean your house. And we were both like, no, 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 no. You're not coming to clean our house. We're not those pastors like where you're like, come mow my yard for me. Come clean my house, you peasants. Like, that's not, that's not how we roll. We're just like, no, no. And they were like, we're coming over. We are coming over and cleaning your house. And can I tell you, it was so uncomfortable because it was so generous of them. Right? And it took us just being like, okay. And man, it made a huge impact on me and more so than on me, on my wife. It ministered to my family in a way. And you know what? It didn't involve money at all. It took time and it took effort. And they made a huge difference and ministered to me and my wife, Casey. And can I tell you, when you start seeing the effects of generosity, and how it impacts others. How can we be anything else? Right? How, how can we live our life any other way? Because can I tell you, it's a lot more fun to live your life being generous than selfish and greed. And none of us want selfishness and greed. I mean, we don't want this, but we've got to learn to be this. And here's the deal. It's not that this is just a fun way to live. This is the way we are commanded to live. Is to be generous. Is that our life wouldn't smell like Axe body spray and be selfish and greedy, but that we would be generous and we would be making an impact on others and as a result, it would be making an impact on our own souls. So let me give you three questions today as I close. Three things I want to ask you. Am I being generous? Tr truly answer this question honestly. 
Am I being generous? And if not, can I learn to be generous? Are you, are you willing to learn to be generous? Second thing, am I being generous in all aspects of my life? Some of us, we're great at being generous in some, but are you being generous in all aspects of your life? And who can I show generosity to? And I want you to pray about these things. And I want you to seek God about these things. Because if we don't try, and if we, it's not just about hearing the word, but it's about being doers of the word. Hearing does nothing. It's about putting the word of God into practice in our life, in our homes, in our relationships, and in our world. And if we will do this, I can promise you this, your life is going to be lived in a way that is making an impact. And I can't think of a most, more wonderful time for you and I to learn to be generous as we go through this season. Let's pray today. God, we love you. And I thank you for today. I thank you. I thank you for your goodness. I thank you that you want what's best for us. And so, Lord, I pray today that we would not seek our own way and we wouldn't seek to just follow you in a convenient way, but we would seek to follow you in a biblically obedient way. We'd follow you, not with some of our life, but with all of our life. And Lord, this is one of those things that, that you, you just, we're either doing or we're not. And so, Lord, I pray for those of us that we're here today, that we would learn to be generous. That as you said, Jesus, beware. Guard against every kind of greed because life is not measured by what you own. Life's not measured by your possessions. So, Lord, I pray we've been so blessed. You've given us so much. And so, Lord, I pray that we would learn to be generous to your kingdom. We'd learn to be generous to others. We'd look for opportunities, and we would just engage in generosity on a regular basis. Because, Lord, generosity, I'm, I'm convinced, it changes the world. It allows people to see good works that point to you. So, Lord, let us live this life out in a big way, in a generous way. And, Lord, let us be doers and followers of you. It's in Jesus' name I pray with heads bowed and eyes closed today. If you're here and you say, Justin, I'm here. And I, man, I don't know Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. We want to give you a chance to change that. Maybe you're following Jesus in some aspects, but not all, all aspects. Jesus said this, that if you're going to follow after me, you have to pick up your cross, deny yourself, and follow after me. It means you have to die to yourself. Maybe today it's about you recommitting your life and getting things right in your relationship with Jesus. Here's what's going to happen. I'm going to count to three. And if that's you, either one, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand when I get to three. And we're going to lead you in a prayer that will change your life. We're not going to embarrass you. We're not going to lead you into another room. We're just going to lead you in a prayer that changes everything. Because 1 John 1, 9 says this, that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us from all our unrighteousness. And if that's you, man, make the best choice. Make the best decision you will ever make in your life. One, two, three. Is there anyone here today you say, Justin, that's me? Yeah. Is there anyone else you join that one hand? There's two hands. Is there anyone else you join these two hands that are lifted before we go any further in service today? You say, Justin, that's me. Yeah, I see you over there. Is there anyone else you join these three hands that are lifted before we go any further in service today? You say, Justin, that's just me, man. 
Can I tell you, it's never going to get easier. It's never going to be more convenient to follow Jesus. There's just a point in time you've got to decide and you've got to get honest. And is there anyone else before we go any further? Maybe you're watching at home online and you just say, that's me. I just encourage you right in your living room to raise your hand and to make the best decision you'll ever make in your life. Is there anyone else before we go any further in service? You join these three hands that are raised. If you raise your hand, if you please repeat this prayer after me and mean it from your heart. Jesus, I come before you today and I confess that I've sinned, man, that I've messed up, but I ask for your forgiveness. God, I turn away from the life that I was living. I repent of it and I turn to you and I grab hold of the life you have for me. I confess you, Jesus Christ, to be the Lord and Savior of my life. I'm gonna live for you the rest of my days. It's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. We hope that you enjoyed this message. If you have any questions or want to reach out to us, you can email us at info at foundationschurch.tv or visit our website at foundationschurch.tv. We hope that you enjoyed this message. If you have any questions or want to reach out to us, you can email us at info at foundationschurch.tv or visit our website at foundationschurch.tv.